You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined, as always, by Adam Matas. Adam, we've of all of the news, and there's been an insane amount of news this summer, has there been any better update than finding out there is no more players only on TNT? <laughs> it is a. It's funny how universally um, <laughs> excited that that news. Um, God, I can't even speak today. It's, it's crazy how excited everybody was when they got that news. Like there wasn't a single person. Well, no, it turns out there is one person out here. Um, <laughs> Steve Mason, locally on ESPN Seven Ten, started a petition to bring it back. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, you gotta love you gotta love local sports because there's no take a local sports person doesn't have the like the opposite of the yeah the audacity opinion. to to try out yeah <laughs> this this will be the island that gets me noticed uh, well to be fair this is the first time he's ever been mentioned on the show so way to go Steve um, but <laughs> but yeah I, I it was shocking there, there is very little almost nothing that that unites the internet people were getting angry at each other over the objective color of a dress <laughs> and, we were, and this is something that everybody got behind that like oh finally this is gone from our lives so so shouts to the NBA and Turner for figuring that out the internet is really a scary place when you get down to it, Anthony. It's it's so vast. It's I just found a video of ten hours, ten hours of dental drill sounds. Oh, wait, why? <laughs> it ha- why, it why? has forty thousand views on it. Oh my god! <laughs> why? I I just need to know, like, what what led you to that Google search? Yeah, what I happened? needed I needed a drill sound effect. Not like like one second of it, not not ten hours of dental <laughs> drilling. I don't know if I could make it through one second of it, but hey, anyway. <laughs> uh, today's show is going to be, you know, we're going to wander around a little bit. Uh, we're going to start obviously with the news of of basically everybody saying that they don't want to play in the FIBA tournament or whatever for Team USA. Uh, so we're going to start there and discuss the players who have dropped out, who has left, whether this means that that. Team USA might actually be in trouble. Uh, so so we're going to start there. And then finally, for the first time, we, we, we trotted this out, and it was a fairly popular uh, idea, the woe or woe segment. And, <laughs> and was never, it popular? Never went back to the well. <laughs> we never did. We stayed, we stayed away from the woe well. So The sequel that nobody asked for. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Angry Birds 2 might 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 be okay. <laughs> um so yeah, let's start though, like I said, with Team USA. Here are the players who have dropped out. Oh my. Uh Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, Eric Gordon, James Harden, Tobias Harris, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, CJ McCollum, Paul Millsap, <laughs> and more hilariously than it really should be, Montrez Harrell. <laughs> Which is kind of a big loss at this point. <laughs> he was on the team for all of 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Just an I, honor to be nominated. It, it kind of feels like, you know how you know how in, in high school or, or even in college, you'd get an invitation somewhere and your first response wouldn't be like whether or not you're going to go. You would first ask who else is going. <laughs> I don't remember doing that, but yes. Oh, I well, know. I, I know. I know the move. I know the type of person that would use that move. Yes, I do. I do know what you're talking me. about. It is me. The type of person who would use that move is me. And it really feels like you know Bradley Beal, and then Anthony Davis, and then Eric Gordon, and James Harden, and on down the list, we're like, all right, who else is going? Oh, 
Oh, okay then. Um, <laughs> hard pass. Well, well, what's weird about it? Some of these. I mean, I think like a James Harden. I, I think you're right. Anthony Davis. I think you're right. But some of these guys, you know, C.J. McCollum, Montrez Harrell, even Tobias Harris. This is in some ways their opportunity to shine with Team USA. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of players who have elevated their profile, but even those guys are stepping out for various reasons. So it's it, it's really created what I think is. Um, I mean, we don't know what the final roster will be, but we know just of some of the participants, you look at it and go, man, this is a, a kind of a risky roster. It is. It is. Do you think they're at risk? Are you willing to, oh. to stick your neck out there and, and go that far? So the idea, yeah, absolutely. And the idea that um, when Jerry Colangelo put together this this t- this pool of players that they were going to use, the whole idea was some years guys would either be injured or they would opt out and just not want to play. But you would have continuity, and that was the big thing we've learned about international competition is a lot of these countries, these guys have been playing together for 20 years, and they have a familiarity. So does the Team USA is going to have the most talent. They're going to have the most NBA-quality players, mm-hmm. but they're going to have guys that have never participated in any event. Not that they've never gone to the Olympics or the World Cup, but they've never been participated in any event, and they're going to have to learn on a fly. And, and to me, that's the real risk that the team USA is going to have is that there's just not going to be a lot of familiarity with whatever this final roster is. Yeah. They have a month basically. There's a, there's a two months. Yeah. No, they have like, they have about a month to, to figure and it's out even less than that because they have like commitments. I mean, a lot of this yeah. is, you know, they'll practice for a few days and they'll have to do a bunch of traveling and appearances and different mm-hmm. things. So you look at the guys that are on the roster right now. I'll just go down the list. Jalen Brown, Mason Plumley, your guy. How about that? Way to go, Plumley. <laughs> <laughs> Julius Randle, Marcus Smart, Thaddeus Young, Harrison Barnes, Andre Drummond, Kyle Kuzma, Brooke Lopez, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, PJ Tucker, Miles Turner, and Kemba Walker. Uh, I'm still waiting. I actually kind of think because Kuzma does like what is seemed what seems to be the most popular thing. He's actually going to drop out pretty soon. I, it would be would be my wild prediction here is <laughs> that he's going to follow in the footsteps of everybody else who who seems popular and and, and drop out, but. The the roster that they have right now, is it one one point guard that I see on the team? It's Kemba. Oh no, two. Yeah, we have Kyle <laughs> Lowry, and you have well Donovan Mitchell is kind of a point guard, and then Kemba no, Walker. No, yeah, Kyle Lowry and Kemba Walker. Yeah, that makes me a little nervous. It it's it should make you nervous. Now both of those guys are great, and Kemba yeah. Walker and Kyle Kuzma, they might be number one and number two best point guards in all of this tournament. So part of this, Kyle Lowry, we're, what did I say? Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Kyle Lowry. <laughs> um, so some of this is a little bit, um, you know, like we're overreacting a little bit. They're still going to be the heavy favorites. But FIBA play is just – it's designed, the mm-hmm. shortened game. Um, it, it's just designed to create a more balanced game. It, it's hard for teams to blow out other teams, especially when you get down to the elimination, you know, single elimination part. So, yeah, I, I, again, I just think Denver or, – or, I'm sorry, Team USA is going to be the over – overwhelming favorite but they're just more vulnerable than i think we have seen of any fiba team or any uh olympic team over the last decade and a half really since 2008 do you think this is going to become like a cyclical thing where you know you'll have a redeemed team kind of scenario where they have to rebuild the entire idea and the perception of Mm -hmm. team usa basketball because the last team was such a failure and then interest in it from the player's standpoint is going to wane and 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 it's just you're going to start to see this kind of cycle go through or or do you think there's a way something that can be done to avoid that kind of a situation 
Well, first of all, I think that the Olympics, for whatever reason, just take precedent over the FIBA World Cup for American-born players, not for yeah. – I think European players view the World Cup a little bit more important. But um, so there's that. And I think the Olympics in 2022 are, will be, you know, back to the prestige and everybody wanting to play for them. Is it 2022 or is it, it is next it, year? That, so. It might be know. next. Eh, we'll have to look it up. Either way, Whatever I think it's, it that, that one will be I think everybody will be back on board for. Um, and, but I don't think it's cyclical. If, if Team USA loses this one, I do think there'll be a little bit of this pride of like, okay, next time around, we got to take that one a little bit more serious or whatever. But I think it has more to do with the NBA and where the NBA is at with so many teams being in free age or so many players being in free agency. So mm -hmm. many teams like trying to compete year in and year out for the, for the title by moving themselves into different cities. That's really what it is. A lot of the players that are dropping out are dropping out because they view this as the best chance for them to win their first title or or their next title if you're an older player like a LeBron. I kind of want them to so one of the ideas that I saw kind of bandied about on on Twitter was the idea of limiting everybody to one Olympic for you know four year span. One one opportunity to go to the Olympics and then and then move on or either that or put an age limit I don't like that. At about 25. Well, I just think I expecting these guys to continue to care about this when all they do is show up and beat the absolute crap out of everybody that they play. Like that's just not how competitors work. Like that's first, not first how of all, works. I don't know that it, that that is an accurate representation because Team USA has come pretty close to losing in just about every single one of the tournaments that they've played. Now, very but close. But that's a perception in, heading in, though. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I, the, the games are competitive enough that uh, that that I, I the, the team has to show up and try. And then second of all, I like the reason that international basketball has exploded. Maybe reason number one was because of the Dream Team and because of this idea of them going and being on this global stage and everybody getting to see where they measure up. Now things have changed. The European teams and um, you know South American team no longer as intimidated as they used to be, but it's still an opportunity. I mean, here in Denver we have a lot of Serbian followers following Jokic. They view this competition as a great chance for their country to measure themselves against the best. And I like that. I like that every you know, two years, we get this opportunity to say, let's see how far along everybody has come. And by the way, let's also see what the next great version of Team USA is. I like the 2008 team and the 2012 team, and I like the contrast in the arguments about which one was better. So I, I kind of would love for that to stay around. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, no, I, you're not getting an argument from me as far as, you know, what it would look like if you could put the best team together year in or, or opportunity in, opportunity out. I just... I don't think we exist in a world where that's really possible. I, I, I don't. Well, I don't. Clearly, know if, we don't, as evidenced by this roster yeah, that you just right. that you just mentioned. Right. It's fascinating. It's going to be. I can't wait. I can't wait for it to tip off. I love world competition like this. It's so yeah, much fun. Too. It's yeah, so much too. fun. I, I, I and and not just from the standpoint of. And this is kind of why I would like for them to put some kind of limit on it from for for Team USA's sake. I really want them to to to. I want to find out, like, all right, who, when, when all of these NBA greats are together, that's why I think where you kind of learn about about the game of basketball, where it might be going, the state of it right now in that moment. Like, I found it yeah. in incredible in two thousand eight, where yep. LeBron was at the peak of his powers, and and you had this incredible group of of, of American basketball players who he were was learning to leadership and, and learning from Kobe. 
Yeah, and 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 when when Spain looked like they were going to win that thing, everybody kind of turned to Kobe and said, "Take us home." It was fun. It was great. The, the other important thing about international competition, I think, so Team USA, I think, had a major influence. I'm, I'm sorry, the Dream Team in '92 on European sports, but I think the last decade and a half, Ooh, I love since, this point. Since Team USA has kind of re revamped themselves. Europe has had a huge influence on the NBA, yeah. and and they have learned a lot about just different styles of play. The perimeter game was a European game 10, 10 years ago. Now it's an NBA game. So mm-hmm. I just think it's a great meeting of the minds of all these different styles of basketball from around the world that, that that's really cool. Yep. All right, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we are gonna we're going to bring back the, the highly anticipated return of woe or woe. <laughs> So for those who have missed this this game as 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 much as I have missed this game, I'm gonna set up and 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 just kind of detail what this all what what's gonna take place. When you say whoa, it can it can go in one of two directions. Whoa! As in like, whoa, I can't believe that move. It's a great move. I can't I I I, I can't believe what I'm about to watch. This is really exciting, or whoa. That's not gonna go very well. <laughs> <laughs> Your voice acting skills are so great. All right, let's do it. It's not great. I'm not. I'm. I don't claim to be. I don't. I don't claim to be. A, <laughs> I. Well, I'm better than than some of the people we saw in the New Lion King, but. Um, <laughs> but let's uh, let's start. I I didn't know whether to do this chronologically or just based on magnitude of the move. I started here with Anthony Davis to the Lakers because that kind of set a tone for for everything else. Sure. Uh. Well. Or whoa, man! There's a little bit of both in that one, but I, mm-hmm. I think first of all, this one is unique in that we saw this coming for like six months. <laughs> so I don't. It's hard it's to say like that it was a whoa finally. when yeah. it's like okay, there it happened finally. <laughs> um, so I would give a sarcastic whoa. Um, <laughs> but as far as like ground shaking moves, it's funny. We've talked about this, you and I, you know, off of the show, just, just texting each other. It's funny that Lakers fans feel a little bit of like the perspective is almost gone because this has been six months in the, in, in the making. And because it happened first before all the other moves, there was this little sense of like, oh man, it's this summer sucks. We only got Anthony Davis. <laughs> like <laughs> me arguably. And we both agree about this. Anthony Davis might be the best player in the NBA this yeah. year. That's a very, there's a real <laughs> chance that the Lakers landed the best player and somehow feel um, disappointed. But anyway, it's a huge move. It's it, it saves the Lakers. It costs them everything, but it costs them appropriately everything because that's yeah. how good he is. And um, but we saw it coming, so it's it's kind of old news. So I'm not going to analyze it in 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 the way that it's been analyzed to this point ad nauseum. I'm going to give it a whoa because I want to see more trades like this. I want to see like I want to see teams risk it all to get the best player in the NBA or to pull off something that that puts but you in we position. We have seen this. Well, the, no, I we saw I, the Thunder do this. We saw Toronto. I mean, Toronto literally went for broke and and mm-hmm. they won and lost quads. It worked out exactly as everyone anticipated in ways both great and poor for them. And I want and I want to see I want to keep seeing it. I want to see. Yeah. I, I want to see. You know that for for a while the term Bill Simmons used to use was the No Balls Association. I, I want to see everybody just kind of go for broke every so often. It's I, the, I, the, it, the the only problem with that. I actually think we have. I mean, to, uh, Philadelphia is another team that uh-huh. basically went all in on Jimmy. But I think we've seen a lot of this lately. The problem is 
There's only so many of those guys. I, yeah. I think you want teams, and we've talked about this before too, you want teams to go all in for Andre Iguodala. And that's the kind of move that it's like, yeah, it does. <laughs> he does make your odds a little bit better. Yeah. But going all in for him is different than going all in for Anthony Davis. Yep. All right. Next move I have on my on my list here was Kawhi and Paul George. So the Clippers. It's obviously a whoa, but but how do you feel about it? Well, you you I can't remember if you were with me at this moment or you were you actually had not. not arrived in Las Vegas at the time. Because <laughs> no, I, I was I was you, there. I was there. I was you were there. at the house. No, no, no. I was I was in Vegas. Yeah, just not at the house yet. So not at the house. So. I was. We were with a bunch of different basketball people at the time, and I can assure you that the response was "whoa" for about twenty <laughs> minutes. So this one yeah, gets the I biggest whoa. It's the biggest whoa of the entire offseason, and one of the biggest woes we've seen in a long time. Because unlike the Anthony Davis one, we did not see this coming, <laughs> and it, it it it. Oh my god! I almost said it came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it came in like a woking ball. <laughs> All right. I ha, Do you think it's a bigger deal that Kawhi went to the Clippers or that he didn't go to the Lakers? It's both. I mean, it, it's a it's a bigger deal that the Clippers pulled off this move to get two of the I don't know, 10 best players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. 15 if you're being very pessimistic. Um that they pulled it off and and that they did it when L.A. was on the table, the Lakers were on the table. Yeah. So I think it, it signified sort of both, um, a big move for the Clippers and a big loss for the Lakers. Just a, just a, a quick shout-out to Jovan Buha, who, who came on to Lockdown Lakers to, to talk about the move and everything that went into it. You guys should check out that episode if you guys are interested. Let's do one more here before we go to break. Uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant to Brooklyn. This is going to be an interesting one. To me, this is a whoa. Like me too. All right. I, I don't love. I mean, look. First of all, Kevin Durant, the injury. I think he comes back and is is almost as good as he was. I don't. I, I think he's going to be just fine. But I don't love. It. One of the things that I did not like about the the stories that have been written over the last three years was this idea that Kevin Durant was some drastically different player than he was in Oklahoma City. I think, in, by and large, he was very similar. He's better. But we mm-hmm. knew he was going to get better. We knew he was great. We knew he was neck and neck with LeBron James as the best like small forwards or forward or even just player in the NBA. The question was, could he lead a team? Because there's so many other things that don't have to do with basketball that make a player great. And I don't know that I feel confident that he has possessed or learned those lessons along the way. And now he's going to a team in Brooklyn that has Kyrie as a sidekick that I know has not learned those lessons <laughs> along the way. And, and I just am not convinced that that team – and then when you factor in the DeAndre Jordan aspect of this, which they both insisted happened – Took less? You know, that, to me, I'm, I just look at that and go, I don't know, man. It seems like they sort of made a team that is, is going to max out at, at very flawed. I'm, I'm going whoa because I don't know if any of the parties involved here made this decision with <laughs> – with the best, I don't want to say the best intentions, but with basketball in mind, like it, it, it felt like mm. it felt like with with Kyrie and and especially especially with Kyrie, uh, Kyrie was no, I just flat out do not want to go to the Knicks. I just flat out do not want to be in Boston anymore. Oh hey, Brooklyn is something that I can I can make work, and hey hey I can I can even treat it as if I've cared about my hometown Nets my whole life, right? And and, and I just. It, when you make this kind of a decision and it isn't with what's actually best for me in in mind, that's where stuff like this tends to go wrong. 
it's the unsort of spoken thing about the player empowerment area is that and it's not just players this is people in general but a lot of times you look at your friends and you overvalue maybe what they do because they're your friends and because you have that relationship with them and you want it to be true and i think a lot of that's happening with these players they they think they know better or they just think that they can make something work when in reality basketball is incredibly complicated more general managers fail than succeed and players trying to do this on the fly sometimes it works out sometimes it does not yeah it's it's going to be interesting to watch this and and this next this next year for Brooklyn is going to be a lot more important than I think people quite realize because a lot can happen in a single year where Kevin Durant gets to watch up close and personal what Kyrie is as a leader when he has the keys to the car and it would make me real real nervous. Um, let's take another quick second here and when we come back we're going to keep going down this list of not just players that that have moved team to change teams or or major free agency signings but there are a couple extensions to bring into the fold here what some of the moves you know some of the teams are going to look like after the departures of, of very in, important players of all of that here in a bit all right the next one here kind of breaks away from the chronological order but it 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 sent it's it's the kind of move where it's like a whoa in the moment but it was it it feels like a whoa after you think about it a little bit and it's the russell westbrook chris paul trade uh what what are you gonna give it i i I just gave what i gave it right it was like oh my god i can't believe that just happened oh my god i can't believe that just happened um, I'm going to say more of a whoa. Um, yeah. I'm not super high on it. Um, you know, first of all, it makes the Houston team, I think, a little bit more of a high variance team, meaning yeah. I think their highs will be higher and their lows will be lower. But I think their average will probably be a little bit lower than what it was with, with Chris Paul, in large part because Westbrook off ball, I just think, is a tough fit. Um, there's going to be teams that just don't have anybody that can guard both of those guys, and those teams are going to be vulnerable. But the teams that can in a playoff series, a team like the Clippers, who has three elite perimeter defenders, if you talk about Kawhi and Paul George, mm-hmm. then also Pat Beverly, you're going to have three different bodies you could put on them. To me, that makes them wor- – they're going to be a worse matchup against the Clippers than they were against any other major team last year or the year before. Um, that being said, the teams that don't have guys that can guard them, they're going to – you. Know, you know, they're going to dominate those teams. So I'm not a big fan of it um, from Houston standpoint, but I also understand why they tried. It's a it's a bit of a Hail Mary. Yeah, you, you only have so many punches, and I think this is the last real haymaker they could throw. So Malcolm Brogdon to Indianapolis is not going to move the needle for many. But this is where I, I look at it from. I, I just kind of want to analyze Milwaukee's offseason. So how, if you were to rate Milwaukee's offseason – Knowing that they fell short of making the com- or, or making the finals last year, what would you give it on a woe to woe basis? Um, I think it's a, it's not it's a little bit of a woe a woe bad woe or whatever. It's a little <laughs> bit. Um, some of this is bad luck with guys you know Miritich deciding to to play in Europe um, yeah. rather than stay in the NBA. Um, but you know, in the Brogdon move, I, I do think is is kind of a big one. Like that, that's mm-hmm. that he was a really underrated, important sort of glue piece for them. Um, but at the same time, I'm not counting Milwaukee out. They're they're still up there at the top of the list for title contention for me. To me, it's a real whoa kind of off season. Like this is a, I would say it's a, almost as bad an off season as you can possibly wow give. Yeah, look, they didn't lose Giannis. Yan, well, okay. I said about. I, 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 said, I said it wasn't the absolute worst case scenario here, right? 
but it's about as bad as it can go without losing Giannis. And 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 here's the thing. Giannis to this point, now maybe he comes back next year and he's an even better player. He can do more in the form of shooting, right? He just he just adds that aspect to his game and the spacing isn't as important to him as we saw it was last year. But if that isn't the case, and you take away a 50-40-90 player like Brogdon and you and you basically say that the majority of the minutes that Giannis plays out there are going to be alongside Eric Bledsoe, who does not space the floor, that really makes me nervous. And, and, you know, year two of Bud hasn't always been great. For, <laughs> so. This is such an Anthony take. I know, it's, I know. <laughs> diminishing returns on Coach Bud. Um, could be true. It could be true. But, but yeah, I, I think, you know, for, for a team that, you know, didn't make the finals last year, if I was a, if I was a Milwaukee Bucks fan and my Bucks did not – make the finals last year and then got worse in the off season, that would really frustrate me. It would really, mm. it would really bother me. It would re- really rub me the wrong way. Next one we have on here is Al Horford to Philadelphia. The best part. So again, whoa or whoa. Um, I'll say, <laughs> whoa, I think that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the biggest, I think the, honestly, the biggest benefit is twofold and they're both intangible. The first one, um, Joel Embiid doesn't have to go up against Al Horford in the playoffs now, yep. which is a sneaky, important thing, I think. But second, I've always said Joel Embiid is not the best center in the NBA. He's the most talented, the most skilled, has the most upside. The reason I said he's not is because I don't think he gets basketball. I really believe this. Mm-hmm. I don't think he understands the game on a five on five, like, you know, on any kind of um, it, on the level that he needs to to lead a team to a championship. Al Horford does. And I yeah. just think that there's a lot of lessons he can impart on uh, on him. Is it a great? I don't actually think the fit on court makes a ton of sense. I think defensively they're going to be incredibly versatile and and probably the best defensive team in the NBA. But, but offensively, it's not the pairing I would have chosen in the front court for Joel Embiid. But I do just think there's going to be like Millsap has been with Nikola Jokic. I think there's going to be a lot of lessons imparted on on Embiid that are going to make him better when it matters. Yeah, it, it felt to me like a whoa, like a huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, I like that they now have somebody who can match up against Giannis, who Giannis isn't seemingly personally offended by. Like Giannis seems to really enjoy beating the crap out of Ben Simmons. Like for whatever whatever reason, he really goes at Ben Simmons, and Horford isn't that. <laughs> so so in in that respect, you have somebody who can who can kind of get in in Giannis's way there. Uh, the leadership aspect of this, I I don't think can be quite exaggerated. It's really, really important because that team needed it, as evidenced by Jimmy Butler kind of murmuring some stuff on his way out the building. Next one here is Kemba to Boston. I'm giving it a whoa. That bad or good? Bo. Like bad. Yeah. Whoa, bad. Um, I, I'm intrigued by it. I don't think I think the Celtics are less interesting than they've been for the last two years. So this is mm-hmm. you look at the this year plus the last two, this is the least excited and least interesting. But Kemba's a good player and um, you know, he adds another layer. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be a more dynamic offensive team, or, or or as dynamic as they were with Kyrie in a lot of ways. I just don't think they're losing Al Horford is the other part of this, and I don't think that the addition of Kemba makes up for the loss of both Kyrie and Horford. Yeah, I, defensively they're going to be way worse this, the next year, mm. way way worse, and that that really makes me nervous. Uh, Conley to Utah. 
This one's whoa. I Conley is a Utah Jazz player. I mean, Memphis yeah. and Utah are he should have been in Utah his whole career. <laughs> yeah, he, he. I mean, Memphis made sense. The was. grit and grind, but but yeah. Utah's grit and grind as well. I mean, they're just whatever the Utah version of that is. So I, I love this fit. I think it puts Donovan Mitchell in in a more natural role as a secondary ball handler, yeah. which is perfect mm-hmm. for him. I think he's going to have a career year. Um, so I just I think it's a great fit defensively. You have one of the best on ball point guards in the pick and roll, and one of the best just defensive bigs. And I think you're going to see a great year from Gobert as well. So to me, this is a super positive. Whoa, yeah. I still worry that they don't have you know, and maybe this makes Mitchell more naturally that guy who just goes out and gets buckets in isolation come yeah. playoff time. I think it does. Uh, and 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 if that's the case, and and Mitchell is ready for that role, then then it's an outstanding grand slam. Whoa! But but you know, if not, it's it's at least a whoa. And then you know, it has the upside to be an incredible move. Next one here is Jimmy Butler to Miami. <laughs> this one is a whoa. I don't, first of all, I think it's a personality fit. Jimmy Butler has talked about this that he feels mm-hmm. like uh, he's always belonged in Miami. I tend to agree. I think this like the culture that the Heat have is very unique, yeah. and he belongs there. It's this intense, no excuses, somewhat rigid, rough, you know, <laughs> Mamba mentality yeah. guy. Um, it fits. <laughs> but the basketball, I mean, come on. I think Jimmy Butler is going to have an incredible year. I think they're going to have a lot of upset games, but they're not. They're, I just don't take them seriously, and I don't know that I will. Yeah, they need they needed to land either Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul for me to f- take them seriously. Next Correct, it, and they and, might still. They're they're yeah. a team that still could at the trade deadline or something retool. But it, it I'm, Jimmy Butler to me is sort of that second tier superstar, and yeah. and I don't know that even adding a Chris Paul, for example, makes them a team that I'm like, oh man, they're they're in the discussion now. I think they're they're probably two moves away. Um, so to me, it's a perfect fit for Jimmy Butler, but not a perfect fit for the Heat to win a title. I also wonder if there's a such thing as like being too strict or too hard nosed or too no nonsense, <laughs> right? Because Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley, like there will not be a single moment of nonsense in that entire organization. Eventually, like you got to lighten up kind of. And different strokes for different folks. And it certainly limits the type of player that you can bring yeah. in when you have a rigid culture like that. Yep. Uh, last one here of the personnel moves and then we'll get to the extensions. And then you had a couple moves that you wanted to add to the list as well. Uh, D'Angelo Russell to Golden State. This is an interesting one. <laughs> to me, this move doesn't make sense unless D'Angelo Russell is on the move at the trade deadline, which I think he, there's a good chance that he is. Mm-hmm. He's, there's a bunch of teams that wanted him. Minnesota very loudly, you know, uh, Towns wanted him to be there. Um, but to me, it doesn't. You, one of the things that has made this Golden State Warriors team so unique is their offense was nuclear, and their defense had the potential to be nuclear when it needed to be. That is no longer the case. I do not think you can have an elite defense that features both Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo, not a great defender at all. Steph no. Curry, a very good like schematic defender, he at least fits, tries. And but he and he's in the right spots, and he does their scheme, and he executes, and all that stuff. Um, and and he's you know sneaky longer than 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 people realize. But I don't think that. But now you have him and D'Angelo Russell who have to like <laughs> you have to cover for both of those guys it's just I just don't think it's going to work Clay Thompson coming back on the injured leg um to me they're not going to be an elite defensive team next year and and that takes off a lot of what made them so special on the basketball court I say whoa like bad whoa this is not good but from understanding the kind of spot that they were in and knowing that they didn't have any other moves to kind of make up for the loss of Kevin Durant like this is the just kind of like we we talked about with Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. 
you had one final haymaker to throw here. And if this means, you know, trying to make this work for a few months and then getting a return on D'Angelo Russell at the trade deadline, at least you get something back there potentially. And this is what fans don't understand about the cap spaces. A lot of teams think like, why sign him? It's a waste of cap space. No, it's not. It's that is now a trade chip that they believe yeah. will be more valuable than whatever cap space they could have held on to. And I think they're right about that. So I don't I don't doesn't make sense long term. But for a short little stopgap, it does. All right. Let's talk about the extensions. Jamal Murray gets one, a big one. Ben Simmons also gets a big one. How did you feel about both extensions? Um, with the, the Ben they, Simmons they one, I think, is more natural, and, and not necessarily because it makes sense for Philadelphia. I've long thought that Embiid and Simmons were due for a split at some point. I don't think that they're a long-term great fit next to each other. But Ben Simmons, I think, is a max-caliber player on some teams. I think he's hard to build around. But I think mm-hmm. he, I think in the right environment, he's like an MVP candidate. Um, so it makes sense to me there, and I think there's a bunch of teams that would line up to sign him. Um, so that one, I, neither whoa, no, or whoa, it's just I, it, it makes sense. Jamal Murray, on the other hand, it was the one that I think is more of a concerning whoa, and it's weird because you can really. I, I can see – you can talk yourself into it. I don't think it's one of those crazy things where Denver's like, oh, what were they thinking? Jamal Murray at 21 years old in his first ever playoffs averaged 21 points, five assists, four and a half uh, rebounds over 14 games. Those are numbers that don't get put up by very many guards in general, let mm-hmm. alone you know, basically first time in a playoff guard who is – oh, by the way, had to be the second best player for that team. So he has upside – is max caliber. The problem is he's been a wildly inconsistent player over three seasons, and it's always tough when you um, pay a player based on what they are at their best and not what they are at their average. I just don't know if there are very many examples of this early extension that these guys sign or get signed to that that the team doesn't – it's not that they necessarily look back and regret it outright. Now, there are you know Andrew Wiggins. They just outright yeah. regret that hugely, right? Devin Booker, I don't think they – I obviously don't think they regret that outright. But, you know, there is some – there is a little bit of, all right, what what is my team if he is the highest paid player on it, right? Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel the same way about about Jamal Murray here where and, – and even Ben Simmons too where what what – how does it hurt you if you sit out a year, if you wait a year and see what they become at the end of the year? Yeah, it, uh, Denver, I think, thinks, oh, it, it would ruin the culture or, or hurt his feelings or whatever. But I, I think that that's a calculation that I, I don't know that that's going to pay off the way that they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. All right. You had a you had a couple more underrated moves, one especially that you really wanted to get to. Well, Jeremy Grant to Denver, I think, is a big move in part mm-hmm. because he's a 25 year old who fits the timeline that they want. Uh, he has one year left on his deal and he'll probably be a part of, of the team's future for a while. Denver now has. No bad lineups. And this is this is an area where when you're the Denver Nuggets and you have one superstar in Nikola Jokic, you need to have like nine, nine guys. You're not going to have the second best number two. You're not going to have the best number two guy, number three guy. But, but you have to have the best five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And I think Denver now has that over just about every team in the NBA, all of those positions. Jeremy Grant's going to come off the bench. He played 33 minutes per game and started for a playoff team in Oklahoma City last year. He now comes off the bench along with Mason Plumley, who's a starting caliber center. So to me, he's a he's a great fit both short-term and long-term. And I think he makes Denver extremely a lot more dynamic. It, and also, by the way, makes them the favorite, in my opinion, to win the most games during the regular season, which is not nothing. Um, so so to me, that was a big move. What was the other one we had on here? Well, wait. I got to give my well or well. Okay. So first off, how do you spell well? W-H-O – wait, W-O-A-H. You, that's how you go it? 
because I've I've seen it both ways. W H O A, right? Mm. Or W O W O A H. I'm going to go with W H O A, and I'm going to take off the A. And compared to everybody else on this list, I'm going to go who? <laughs> this this again says more about you than it says about it uh, than, than I think it. Yes, he is less famous because he played in Oklahoma City, and now he no, is in Denver. No, it's not because he played in Oklahoma City. It's because he's like he's a fine role player. I'm ta- the, the everybody else on this list has at least made an All Star game, except for Mike Conley, who is really, really, really good. Yeah, D'Ang- <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, I think not not. I mean, he's to me, he is on par with like a Jeremy Grant. D'Angelo Russell played in the East. Wow. He scored a lot of buckets, but I don't think he's actually that great of a player. That's a fascinating. Who would you rather have? I wonder. I wonder what. All right, what was your other move there? The other move. That, oh, oh, and by the oh, way, I say that with agreeing with all your analysis. It's a great move. It's a great. It's I, the one. Of those I think it small makes Denver. That, Denver's a legitimate contender, and I think they probably were without him. But he makes them a lot more scary, even in a playoff series. And to me, that's that's why it's an important one. Um, the other one, this move, same thing. Hassan Whiteside, who I don't really like as a player at all. But Portland was in risk with Nurkic out. They were at risk of being a team that is fighting all season long for the eighth seed. They probably still are. But now they have a guy in Whiteside that they can play till Nurkic gets back, presumably sometime around January, February. And right, that also coincides perfectly with the trade deadline. And now you have this enormous expiring $27 million expiring contract that they almost certainly can move. And to me, that makes Portland one move away from being a real contender. I don't think they're real contenders right now, but I think they're one move away from being a real contender and they have the trade chip to do it. I just wonder if they have if they have the the type of assets around that trade chip to be able to get like a Bradley Beal. Otherwise, it's it's not really. To I get a the, Bradley the, Bradley Beal would be would be pretty tough. But here's 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 the concern that I have with Hassan Whiteside. He seems to rub everybody around him the wrong way. Now maybe Damian Lillard is is just that great of a leader that and and the idea of being basically just a, a salary dump kind of ignites something within Hassan Whiteside. But he he has not been – like people in Miami, I listen to the Levitard show every day and, and the people it's, – it's a Miami-based show and everybody in that, in that storage room container were saying, uh, thank God this guy is off of the team. Thank God this guy is is gone. And, there's and no question. There's no question about it. But I do think there's a difference between like having a guy for multiple years and having a guy who literally will be around the team from October 1st till February 15th. I mean, it's just a couple months. They do have the greatest leader in all of the NBA, in my opinion, Damian mm-hmm. Lillard, to to kind of keep him on on task and. Also, he's in a contract here. I mean, there's nothing that motivates players like money. And if he goes to that culture, that team, and is a problem, I don't think he's in the league next year. Haven't we said that for like five straight years about Dwight Howard? <laughs> if he no, but haven't, that- haven't you seen, Anthony? Dwight Howard has learned. <laughs> it's a tradition unlike any other. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Lockdown NBA podcast. This was a lot of fun. I enjoy playing this game just because it makes Adam feel uncomfortable about his voice acting skills. So <laughs> I'm all for it. If you guys enjoyed this, let us know in the iTunes. Make sure you guys are continuing to check out not just the shows on this feed, but across the, 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 the sports world. If you have a favorite team out there locally and you want your daily fix of them, Make just look up locked on whatever t- your team might be. I can pretty much guarantee you that it is hosted by an expert who you will enjoy 
and want to listen to daily. So check out, check out everybody across the network and have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week.